the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 480. Mr. Samich. Sarah Toga Huzzah. Hey, now. We had to have Nick Feldman... Nick Feldman had to fill in for you uh, when we did the full preview for the Thursday opening day card. He had his own Saratoga Huzzah. But I'm glad to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy vacation yeah. schedule. Aloha. Aloha. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been, I've missed the podcast. I've missed my time with Magic. Mitch, the dudes who bet daily. Excited to get it back going here. And I got to say, like, I love Saratoga. I really do. But man, you crack those PPs and you're just like, well, shit. Like, this, these are tough races. <laughs> Up and down every single one. There's not like that easy spot. Like, oh no, no, the love this horse. It's the fit the sixth race today, the first one we're gonna preview. Literally was like, Oh yeah, could use the one. Nope, could use the two. Oh, could use the three. Yep, oh, could use the four. Every single horse. It was like, Yeah, that, that horse is usable. That's what makes Saratoga <laughs> so tough. You gotta figure out where you're going short, where you're going deep, and, and how you're gonna kind of maneuver your way through these sequences because they are not easy, and it is hard to be right five times in a row at Saratoga. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to get, be five, right five times in a row in general. You throw in Saratoga in the mix and you're like, well, like you said, well, shit. Okay, here we go. But it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm hoping we stay on the turf. I know that there's some chances for inclement weather, uh, that could disrupt things. I handicap like we're going to be on the turf and if it comes off, well, then shit, we'll figure it out afterwards. But, um, you, uh, we're doing this show a day early on Wednesday, not just because we're excited, but also because you are headed up to Saratoga. You'll love it that much. You're going to be there this weekend. So we had to get this in uh, for the Friday one. They haven't drawn Saturday's card yet, but we will have previews for all of the big races for Saratoga all weekend long at YouTube.com. Actually, all meet long at YouTube.com slash racing dudes. So uh, you're headed to Saratoga soon, though. Yeah, the crazy July continues. Hawaii for a week. Then you have to go to Saratoga for 10 days. I'm seeing Dave Matthews up there. Going to be there for opening day, opening weekend. Then flying back down to here, down to California, going to Del Mar last weekend of July. It's a, a busy racing week or month, I should say. But, it, but again, I cannot complain that I've been in Hawaii at Saratoga and Del Mar in the same month. That's, that's a pretty good life. So no, no issue there. Yeah, I don't think anybody, especially not anybody who's on screen with you, is going to uh, feel too bad for you about that one. So, uh, yeah, you're going to get to leave uh, sunshine Los Angeles, as Rodney says. It's about to be scorching hot. You're getting out at the right time, buddy. It's supposed to be, like, uh, inland farther. It's supposed to get over 120 over the weekend. That's insane. It's gotten warm here in Santa Barbara. I'm not going to lie. It was hot in Hawaii, but, like, the house now here is already warm back here. I got to have the polo or the T-shirt on when we're doing these shows. It's too, too hot in the back of it. But, yeah, look. Life is good, man. Life is good. We've got Saratoga. We've got Del Mar. And, of course, we've got four Chad Browns and Diana. So everything just back to normal here in 2023. Four of the five and the Diana. I didn't see. I know an Italian supposed to be in that, and maybe she's going to be a single. But I know Aaron's doing the preview for that. You can check that out uh, either later today, Wednesday, or more, more likely on Thursday. Uh, but we are tackling the Friday Late Pick 5 Headlined by the Coronation Cup, which has got uh, Love Reigns for Wesley Ward in there. And, and we can talk a lot about that last race she was in, too, because, oh boy, so many so many Rosario things. But we'll get there in a second. In the meantime, let's get started. Riders up!
All right, here we go, Mike. First leg of the Saratoga Late Pick 5 on Friday, July 14th. Race 6 is a 9 furlong inner turf route for 8 males, 3 and up, plus 3 MTOs at the N1X allowance level. I almost singled in here. Where'd you go on top? I thought about singling as well, and I'm guessing we both thought about singling the seven shutters here uh, yep. on top. I thought shutters are the top pick. and Look, I'm hitting the all button in one of these races, so I'm probably going to play a press ticket because I have two singles in the pick five sequence that we're going to run through here to be able to make it affordable. So I'll, I'll be playing a press ticket, and this one is the one I'm probably going to go either two or three deep in. But for me, it started with the seven shutters, so I thought it made a ton of sense here in this spot. Uh, it, the last race was really, really good, and I thought just didn't have much room. Ended up running right behind Al's Rocket, who's the five horse in this race, but with a little bit better of a trip. You'd expect Shutters is going to be able to flip the script there. It's a five-year-old by Get Stormy, who should improve a little bit here. I'm not going to, like... The thing, we went from Chad Brown to Mark Hennig, and Chad Brown generally going to get better buyers from turf horses, so I'm not going to say we're going to be able to get back to that Chad Brown level, but it looks like a repeat effort of the last with space probably gets the job done here for Shutters, so I ended up with a seven-horse on top. Yeah, this was my top pick as well. Third off the layoff, third start at age five. You think this is going to be a peak effort, at least uh, compared to the last few starts the horse has had. That last out effort is really why I was considering singling. I, I thought this horse ran better than Al's Rocket did. Uh, just a super ran out of room on the inside, right? Uh, was in step with the race winner there, exact estimate. But the winner got to go wide around the slowing pace horses. And Velasquez was kind of forced to go up the rail with the positioning, and, and he was there until there suddenly there wasn't room on the rail, and he had to steady really hard. But what I liked about it is that he kept fighting and kind of real at the last second, kind of re-engaged and started gaining again. Whereas Al's Rocket, to me, when I was watching the replay, was just kind of like running in place that lit for most of the stretch there. So I thought that the upside was with shutters. Mark Hennig is a, is a really nice guy. He's a great trainer. He does things right. That's why he's only 9%. Uh, but I'd love to see him get the win. I love that Velasquez keeps the mount here. So I went with the 7 on top. We differ from here. My second and only other horse I use is the number 8 Oglethorpe at 6-1. to one. Two turf efforts on page were decent, including finishing second to Exact Estimate, who we just talked about, beat Al's Rocket, beat you know three horses that are in this race here. Distance may not be an issue for him. He's never tried a mile in the 8th, but... He's coming out of three straight mile in the 16th races. He's never gone shorter than a mile. So clearly they thought this horse was going to be a distance. Uh, distance would be his friend here. And the way I looked at it, I think the two and six are probably going to go to the lead here. And I don't think either one of them are going to be able to hold on. I think Oglethorpe's going to be the one sitting right behind them and get first run on them. He had three straight turf route wins earlier in his career. They're against New York Breds, but one of them was going a mile in the 16th over this inner turf course. So... I want seven, eight here, trying to get a little bit of a price, but I understand why you're using Al's Rocket as well. Yeah, I didn't hate the eight. Uh, eight was actually the last horse off my ticket. So this was my fourth pick in this race and the last one off. So I, I could see the case for the eight. And if well, there are one or two scratches in my all race, I may be able to add the eight depending on the price and how much you want to spend. Yeah, Al's Rocket, look, I think a mile's too short. Uh, and for me, that was really why I don't hate that last effort. I, I think that this horse wants to go longer, ran really well, two back going a mile and an eighth. That's the distance we're going today. Um, and I think the mile one turn at Belmont also wasn't his best friend. I think that the two turn races are going to be better for Al's Rocket. Uh, so I, I'm going to use Al's Rocket. And one of the big reasons as well is that Ired ends up on this horse. And to me, the three horse heel here, Battle of Normandy, is kind of be you're either like, hey, single, and this is the best horse in the race, or you're passing on the horse. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that Irad's jumping off Battle of Normandy and going on to Al's Rocket tells me yep. pretty much everything I need to know about Battle of Normandy and also <laughs> the fact that I think Al's Rocket does have a legit shot at beating Shutters again in this spot. So I am going to use the five Al's Rocket because of the jock switch and because of the, the added distance, which I do think benefits Al's Rocket. 
I don't know how you leave the one horse dancing with the stars off your ticket at this point. There's going to be a, a stakes race at Saratoga named after this damn horse if it's able to continue up with what he's been able to do. Three for six at Saratoga, one here last year, one here twice in 2021. You know who rode him every single one of those times? Luis Saez. You know who's riding him today? <laughs> Luis Saez. That's enough for me to be interested here. The horse, no issues with the distance, has, has uh, ran well, just missed at Belmont, going a mile and an eighth, one and a mile and 16th at Saratoga, has gone a mile and three sixteenths at Saratoga and was competitive. Draws the rail, which, oh, by the way, matters a lot when you have these two-turn inter-turf races because you need to save ground on both turns if possible. That's something that Dancing with the Stars should be able to do. This is my second pick in the race. If I'm going to press here, I'm probably 7-1. I may go 7-1-5, may go 7-1-8 if I decide to toss the five out. But to me, the one has to be on your tickets. Absolutely loves this course, knows the jockey well, no issues with the distance. I think it's all systems go for Dancing with the Stars. Uh, the reason I left him off, we're not facing New York Preds. In all of those good races he's had, they were against New York Preds. And if you look at since he left the New York Preds, he blew through his New York Bred allowance, now he's facing the better horses, and, and the closest he got came at Backwaduct. You know, he was second by a head, but since then, uh, the open company races haven't been that great. Now, he is getting back to Louis Saez, and he's getting back to a track where he's uh, had success. But the last time he raced at Saratoga last year, it was against open company with Saez aboard, and that was arguably his worst effort ever at Saratoga. So I took a chance against him because it's not New York bred company anymore that he's facing. But especially a 6-1, to one, I can understand why people would be excited to use him. Yeah, I, I I believe in believe in the third off the layoff, Luis Saez. I almost <laughs> feel like at this point they're just pointing sort towards Saratoga with this horse, where it's like, okay, let's have him ready to go for the spa, baby. Let's let's go for three <laughs> years in a row here with a W for Dancing with the Stars. Uh, horses for courses are real things. They just are at Saratoga. You see horses that handle this turf course significantly better than others. Dancing with the Stars is one that he proves he's proven that he handles the course significantly better than others. I, I couldn't leave him off here. Uh, it's uh. Who was it? Davy brought up the three. You talked about Battle of Normandy. This is a horse that's had, he's got so much talent, but damn, Mikey just finds every reason not to win a race. And it's like, I mean, I'm glad we didn't, you know, Irad jumped off. We didn't go back to Carmouche because Carmouche gave him some Rosario esque rides last mm -hmm. year. But uh, yeah, I could, he's probably got, might be the most talented horse in the race, but it, no, I, I couldn't play him, especially not four to one here. Yeah, well, and you, you look back at like, okay, I remember Alexis Zorb was supposed to be the shit. That horse was not great. <laughs> That's a battle where we beat day one. Bapio, yeah, came back and wired a field in the great stakes after that. But, like, we sure Bapio's really good, you know? And then got yeah. waxed when they faced good horses like Major Dude and, and Victoria Road, Silver Knot, and Nagarok and all those guys. I kind of feel like that first race hyped this horse up a little more than he probably should have been. Um, I'm hmm. not saying the horse can't win, but I don't think you're getting four to one. I think that's closer to five to two. Um, and I don't trust this horse can take a, a 12% jump in numbers to be able to compete with the other horses running in here. So uh, I get the weight break helps. This is a three-year-old taking on older, the only three-year-old in the field who has a tendency mm -hmm. not to win, who needs a pace set up over a turf course that generally plays towards speed. I, there's just enough for me to not like to be able to throw this one out. Let's move on. Second leg of the Saratoga late pick five on Friday, July 14th. Race seven, we're on the dirt for a six furlong sprint. 11 older males in for 16K claiming tags. And normally this would be a race from like 16K claimers. 
I've got to research. It's 16k claimers at Saratoga, which means they're like 32k claimers at somewhere else. Uh, you have a single in here with my top pick. Tell me about the number three. No more talk. Yeah, the class moves at Saratoga are so more, much more difficult to read than other places because it's like, oh, dropping from 40k to 16k must be a huge class drop. It's like, nope, all the same horses, <laughs> like literally the same horses are in the field uh, because people want to win at Saratoga and because the purses are huge at Saratoga. And so you have these races. And I, I thought this was actually a really tough race. Uh, if I didn't find the next race so freaking challenging, I would have not single tier. <laughs> but look... I kind of go up and down this. And, and one of the times that I single is when I'm like, okay, I, I know who I like on top. And I don't really know who I like in second and third. And that's where this race kind of felt to me. It's like, look, I like the three no more talk on top. Beating a lot of horses in this field. The races two and three back are definitely good enough to beat this field again. There is pace in this. Though he does, uh, No more talk does not need the lead. Is the nine-year-old gelding who likes to win 14 wins and 85 starts. But don't worry. Three of the last 10 have been wins. Oh, by the way, eight of the last 10 in the money. So the horse shows up, runs well. Uh, this is a horse where I just, since going into the Jacobson barn, shockingly, we've seen a revival in the career, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Irad's ridden this horse twice. Both of those were wins. Both of them just off the pace. Both of them as favorites. Both of them beating the multiple horses in this field. It kind of feels like it's a repeat of that. And, you know, I ended up with the 1A and the 9 in second and third and the 6 and fourth. And I could feel myself pressing to put those horses in those positions because if I go past the three, I might as well use all 10 because that's kind <laughs> of how it feels after the three to me. So when I'm in that type of situation, I'm going to go for the tough single versus going for the spread. And so I ended up with just going with the three, no more talk. Yeah, this race and the next one, my top pick is not only the number three horse, but it's Irad riding for David Jacobson. And, and why not? 38% winners together in the past year. This horse has been a great one. Last time out, seven furlongs, probably just too much for him. That's a tricky distance. We talk about that a lot. Six furlongs seems perfect for this horse. Uh, I ended up going four deep, and I was trying to find some other horses that, you know, for whatever reason, in case the three just doesn't fire or, or something wacky happens. I think the seven airport at eight to one, which great name, by the way, uh, with the spelling. I love that. Uh, I think this horse is pretty interesting here. Potential lone speed, major jockey upgrade to Jose Ortiz for the first time. And if you caught the Magic Mike show previewing uh, Thursday's opening day card when I had Nick Feldman on, Nick brought up a really great point. Jose Ortiz now has the same jockey agent as Irad Ortiz as his brother. It's first time Jose it is becoming a really nice angle that you can get with it to try and get some money on. Where, you know, first time Irad, it's like, well, that's, you know, now he's going to be two to one. Is well, no. People haven't adjusted, even the fact that Jose Ortiz beat Irad for the Pelmont training title with the same agent last time or uh, last month. So I'm going to use this horse because I think the lone speed is is a interesting angle here. Rudy Rod co-owns the horse as well as trains him. So, you know, when you're paying the bills and you're not really getting that day rate back, it's you got to be very careful about where you spot these horses. Claimed him for 20K, ran him back for 25K two times and protected one time. This is a suitable class job to be competitive at Saratoga. Playing this horse, I'm also thinking maybe eight to one, you're building in a little bit of the angle that Rudy Rod was dog shit in Saratoga last year. He went over what? Over 45, over 50 That's before hard. he finally finally I think he got three wins right at the like last week or two of the meet, but it was a horrible, horrible start for him. I'm expecting him to rebound here. I don't think that's gonna happen. So I have the seven in second. You talked about the nine towing. That's my third horse in here. I think this one's interesting. First off, the claim for Norm Cassie, who himself is pretty good at Saratoga. Uh this horse is riding a two-race win streak following three straight races where he was second by a neck, a length, and a head. And Ricardo and Norm Cassie, 32% winners in the past year. 
I had no idea they were that good together, but uh, yeah, so I went 379 to start off here. Before I talk about my last one, any thoughts on the seven? I'm shocked you think someone's going to be lone speed in here. I mean, I, I thought there was going to be four horses, five horses lining up for it up front. I mean, it just, it feels like there's a lot of horses that want to be forwardly placed. I think the nine towing's one of them. The eight pin trick is one of them. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the one Poppy's Pride goes, the regular one. Uh, the seven, I think, is going to go airport. Uh, like, Cash Now wants to be forwardly placed around the lead. I, to me, this this seemed like, oh, yeah, and Bust and, Stout, Shout, Bust and Shout on the inside also. This seemed like more of a pace collapse race than a lone speed race. I was surprised that was one of the angles on the seven. Uh, speaking of, you talked about the five cash now. This is the last horse to make my ticket. And the really the only reason is Rob Attress is the trainer. I'm a, the, the, Rob Attress seemed to really improve this horse, uh, claiming him. Uh, uh, his first start for Attress was last out. Uh, missed by a net going six furlongs on the turf at Belmont versus 25K claimers. So slight price drop, but this feels pretty comparable to what he was facing there. Franco was aboard that time. He rides back. He's 26% winners for Atris in the last year. This is a horse that's probably better on turf, right? Three of the five wins that he has came on turf. One of the two dirt wins was an off-turf race, but it's Atris and Franco. And I also like the fact that he was second two back to our top pick in this race uh, in a six furlong sprint at Aqueduct. It was 10K claimers, but that was also the race where Atris tagged him out of it. So for him to run back here against these horses and, and run back against no more talk, knowing what he did before... I put him on there, but it's also me just kind of playing the the trainer jockey connection angle here. Um, you talked yeah. about the one at Gandhi. Da- sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, the five. I think it's interesting. You go from Atris, or you go from I'm sorry, uh, Summers and Adarno to Atris and Franco. I mean, that's a huge upgrade on both fronts, right? So I, <laughs> yep. I, I can see. I looked at the five for quite a bit of time. The six horse who ran second to No More Talk as well, two back. I think is interesting here, and you have a, tra- a trainer upgrade in my mind going to the the back. Uh, the bag barn after uh, going to the bag barn off that six furlong race gets claimed out of there, comes back and runs in a seven furlong race. Now we're cutting back down to six furlongs. To me, this is the horse that if it does collapse is really dangerous. And, and I wouldn't be like if I'm if I went too deep here, I'm probably using either the one A Grandy Dancing or the six first deputy at a little bit of a price just because I would want someone coming from off the pace. Uh, the, the 1A, it, I think this is a horse that if we end up getting sloppy, I'll say it right now, this horse is going on the ticket. Two wins in the slop on the page, Saez is riding for a 9% trainer in Gustavo Rodriguez. That, to me, was a huge sign that this horse, if it's sloppy, and it very well could be at 8-1, to one, you got to play the 1A candy dancing. So, yeah, we, we're not, we, we handicapped this thinking we're going to be normal, but if it is sloppy, Mike, this is the horse you got to play. Yeah, on the cutback too, so should should be able to have some late kick here, and the Saez upgrade is monstrous here, right? I mean, again, this is going from Barrera to Rodriguez, I think is a, a lateral move, maybe a slight downgrade, but then you get Saez aboard right afterward. To me, that's that's a big-time upgrade, cutting back in distance. Horses three for five at Saratoga with a second. We talked about horses for courses. This is another one that loves Saratoga. Uh, also five for 18 at the distance. So the 1A, I think, is definitely a player in this spot. If you're, if you're spreading out, I'm hitting the all button in the next race. If you don't want to hit the all button here i'm probably going one a three six nine here well mike spoiled it third leg of the saratoga late pick five friday july 14th race eight six for a long dirt sprint nine older males same setup right we got six for a long dirt sprint older horses males these are 50k claimers so these are much theoretically much stronger than what we just saw in race seven here and you said that you've got the all button here kind of explain why you ended up going that way uh, first reason, uh, I don't trust anyone in here. Um, 
Dots Dollar is probably going to be your favorite, but Dots Dollar ran on July 8th. That was last week. Uh, this is a very, very fast turnaround for Linda Rice. And by the way, she's good at it. 25 efforts, 28% winning off of this. I don't think that race was very good. The favorite in that last race was also a Linda Rice horse. Didn't end up running a step. This one just got up late. So I don't love the favorite. If I don't love the favorite, then it's like, okay, how deep am I going to want to go? And that's where it got a little squirrely for me because I wanted to use the one. I wanted to use the three. I wanted to use the four. I wanted to use the six. I wanted to use the eight. And all of a sudden, I'm five deep in a nine-horse field. And it's like, okay, I can make a case for the seven. I can make a case for the nine. Time to hit the all button because I, I don't want to be going six, seven, eight deep in a nine-horse field. That's not a good way to structure a ticket. If you go over half, you might as well use them all. And I was going to go over half here, which meant I'm going to use them all. Um, again, if I, if I shrunk this down, which I will do, and I'll play a press ticket, three, four, eight would be the ones that I would use. I do like the one a little bit of 20 to one as well. So that's one if you want to try and find, you know, if you want to single the seven in the first leg and then go three or four deep here in a press ticket, I think the one is live at 20 to one as well. And when I'm liking all of these prices, <laughs> to me, if I have singles and I, I feel like I've got two that I like pretty, pretty well here, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, hit, the, hit the all button. Uh, well, I went three deep, and you nailed two of the three horses that I'm using here. Top picks, the number three C's get degrees at seven to two. To me, I think this is your early leader. I love the inner draw there. Uh, big class drop from the N3X Allowance Company down to this 50K level. Uh, horse has been facing very strong competition uh, for the allowance level, now down into the 50K claimers. Only two previous tries at the claiming level. They were both open-length wins on the front end. Now, granted, Jonathan Wong was the trainer, but hey, look, David Jacobson's our trainer here. I think we're going to be just fine. One gate-to-wire, two back uh, for Jacobson and Irad at Pimlico going six furlongs against allowance. So definitely the top pick there. The number four, Happy Farm. This is my second pick. Six to one odds here. First off the claim, back into the Anthony Ariaga barn. Uh, Ariaga last year at Saratoga, six starters, three wins. Five of those six hit the board. He was bringing good horses to Saratoga. I think this is one of the ones that spotted pretty well here. Uh, Ariaga already had this horse last year, claimed him for 32K, had four starts with him, two wins, two seconds. Pratt rode both of the winners, including versus 40K claimers, over this exact same course and distance last year. Pratt rode this horse last time out, rides through the claim. You know that that's an ankle I love. And it's amazing to me this horse is nine years old. Like, we've got back-to-back, -back, you know, races where I'm picking nine-year-old horses. Look at who's had their hands on this horse. you got Jason Service, Linda Rice, Rob Attress, Linda Rice again, Wayne Potts. Like, it's it's frankly amazing this horse has lived to be nine years old, frankly. Like, to, to survive service for that long and make it to nine, nine years old is uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, last one for me, the number nine, Nifty at eight to one. This horse is first off the claim for Diodoro and a huge jockey upgrade to Javier Castellano. This horse missed 452 days, came back and he won three straight. First two were Sam Houston, but that last one was a starter allowance at Keeneland. Uh, last time out, miss, he got he missed second by a nose, a race it was won by a runaway pace setter. So I'm not, forgive him for that one, uh, a pretty strong effort. So Three, four, nine in here for me. I did find the eight interesting as well. Uh, Jake's rocked. Uh, Jake rocks. Didn't use him, but he is interesting. Yeah, this is one of those races. And we talk about like finding the level at Saratoga can be difficult. Let's just rip through the last races for these horses. One horse, $40,000 claimer, got claimed. Two horse, 62 and 2X won the race. Three horse, $80,000 and 3X won an N2X the race before. Four horse, $40,000 claimer, got claimed. Five horse, $40,000 claimer, got claimed. Six horse, $80,000 N2X. Seven horse, 50K of allow, or claimer, didn't get claimed. The only horse that did not get claimed, 
The eight Jinx Rocks, 40K Claimer, 50K got claimed in for 50 now. And the nine Nifty, 50K Claimer in for 50 now. So every single horse that wasn't protected got claimed except, except the seven last time. And four of those horses are stepping up from where they got claimed to go into Saratoga. It just, these type of races, it is so hard to pinpoint exactly where these horses are from a class perspective that it can be races that create chaos because it's not as simple as, oh, there's three droppers. I'm going to use the three droppers into the claiming level because guess what? Five of the other eight, five of the other six horses were claimed last time out in our new barn. So a lot of moving pieces here, which make it really tough to pinpoint exactly what horse you want. And I, Real quick, I'll make the case for the one here. Ray handled pretty good off the claim. This one is a race that sets up well for this horse. Should get a good trip going up to the 50 level after getting claimed at 40. He's 12% off the claim. Dylan Davis picks up the mount 20% with Dylan Davis over the last two years. This is the type of horse that just jumps up and wins sometimes at a place like Saratoga. And oh, by the way, this is a reclaim as well. So for me, that's interesting on a couple fronts. This is the third time Ray Handel has had this horse. He yeah. had him when he won, or I'm sorry, ran second, got a career best buyer, 81. Then he loses him, gets him back, runs him at the 40K level, loses him again, now gets him back for the same comp or same ownership group that had him last time. So the fact that they've reclaimed this horse twice and now we're going into Saratoga with it, tell me they believe there is more in the tank here for think about it. At 20 to 1, I think there's a chance this one pulls the upset. It is scary at 20 to 1. I, I didn't pull the trigger, but I thought, especially for a tournament, you could. this might be Mike's tournament play at 20 to 1, the number one horse here. Pretty pretty uh, enticing there. Let's move on. Penultimate leg of the late pick five on Friday, July 14th at Saratoga. Race 9 is the featured race. The Coronation Cup stakes for eight three-year-old fillies sprinting five and a half furlongs on the outer turf. And not a big surprise here. Love Reigns is your single, your single, not mine, but your single, Mike. Explain why. I mean, this, this horse can, can get Rosario'd and still win. So you got to respect that talent because holy shit, was that a bad ride last time that Love Reigns ran. This is your clear class of this field. Like, let's let's just take a step back here. The only horse that I think really sniffs the four is a two-horse Love Appeals. Um, there's more tactical speed in Love Reigns than what we saw last time. I don't know if we're going to see it because Rosario's aboard, so you never really know. Kind of a wild card. <laughs> but if Rosario decides to make love reigns forwardly place love reigns could go eight to gate to wire if rosario decides to rosario the heck out of this horse love reigns still wins that's what we saw last time i mean this was one of those where you like i have seen less traffic on the 405 than what rosario <laughs> had to get, get love reigns through to try and get this victory and did everything he could like right here just just come out right here just split outside no reason to try and duck inside but no let's let's just hang out here. Well, no, at this no, point no, you no. think she's gonna be fifth right yeah I mean, it's nope. just like still behind, still behind. No, nope. okay, we're still fourth. Okay, yep. now we're gonna go. I mean, it's a, the horse had so much kick in this race. This was first off a layoff. This was against a good field at Keeneland. Uh, this is the high buyer in the group, even with all of the shit that went wrong there. I mean, to me, this is gonna be really tough to beat Love Reigns in this spot. I, I do think the one and the two have a chance of jumping up, but outside of the two of them, I'm not sure who beats her. And like, the thing is. I don't think Love Reigns needs to be there. She's got more tactical speed than to be eight lengths off the lead around the far turn. So as long as we use some of that, Joel, this shouldn't be that tough of a field to beat. 
Oh, Dennis saying, by the way, podcast listener, we were watching the replay for the Limestone Stakes where she won against all odds at Keeneland. And uh, the horses that were right out, she was, uh, let's see, Dennis said he had a 4.11 and 11.2, and it ended up going uh, 3.11.2 there. That was if, if she doesn't get up there, it ends up being 11.2, and Dennis has a nice catch. So didn't happen there. Uh, listen, the only reason I didn't single her because of Joel Rosario and that ride. It's like she won despite the jockey in so many ways, and that scares me when we get to Saratoga. I went too deep, and if she gets beat, it's because nobody presses early on the number eight. Basarati at eight to one. Winner of three straight since she got on the turf for the first time. Last time out in the Stormy Blue Stakes at Laurel Park. She goes 21 and two, 43 and three. She beats my sweet affair, uh, the one horse that's in this race, who I think is very talented, but continues to just get, you know, third, fourth in all of these stakes races here, including in the limestone, when she, she should have beat Love Reigns in that spot. Like, I, I couldn't use my sweet affair and love reigns together i just don't think that's something you can do because we've seen when they're head to head what will happen Basarati, i'm taking a flyer hoping that you know the fact that she got on turf and suddenly completely reversed her form and, and seems like a much happier horse just shoot her out of the gate send her send her send her and hope she holds on that's what i'm gonna do yeah if i use someone else here i, I don't hate the use of the eight because i do think the eight most likely is going to be on the lead um i, I think the four could press if it wasn't rosario but it's Rosario. So the eight probably yeah. is out on the lead. The two horse is awfully interesting. Uh, Love appeals. If you look what happened, the horse got Rosario'd. And then they yep. switched to Franco and the horse wins by open legs. Like, so uh, there's some talent in the two as well. If I was going to go two deep here, I would be four two. Um, this this feels like a, a really good spot to be playing a stone cold super or stone cold try. 4218, 4281, something around those those numbers because, man, it feels like that's going to be the four top horses here. I don't really see any of the longer prices jumping up and getting in. Uh, Pedlo says uh, eight is outside the six post, which is true. Very good fact, Pedlo. But the reason he says that, uh, rarely a winner on turf sprints at Saratoga outside the six post. Uh, Nick Feldman, uh, if you had, again, go back and listen to the opening day preview because Nick had some great stats from Brisnet about post positions for the turf. Uh, both sprinting and routing. I don't remember exactly what that is, Pedlo. I, I know Pedlo well enough to believe him in this spot, but uh, he said rarely, not never. So I'm going to go with this being a rarely. The one other thing that I would say is uh, I would love to know what the percentage is if the horse is lone in front because that kind of changes the post in a lot of ways where, like, if you have stone-cold lone speed, and, and honestly, the eight is probably stone-cold lone speed if it's not for the four, uh, the post isn't as relevant because you're not going to be wide. You're going to cross over the rail. You're going to be able to save ground. You're going to be able to control the pace. So all of those things make it a lot easier to win from that eight post. Chris Mallow brings up a good point, which you can kind of watch through the meet here at Saratoga as well. It says, it feels like Manny Franco's eating into Joel Rosario's status, his first call for Clement. Yeah, Rosario's on the ward, and that's the one you would expect him to take. But uh, yeah, Clement's been switching to Manny and Pratt a little bit recently, so we'll see how that plays out. Over there's the course also, of the meet. There's been some sprinkling of Dylan Davis in there, too. And if you remember last year, there was the Clement yep. Davis thing that we talked about. Whenever Clement shipped and Davis went, that horse ran. And so I wouldn't be shocked if we see Dylan Davis on some Clement runners this year at Saratoga as well. Fifth and final leg of the Saratoga Late Pick 5 on Friday. Jalore, ah, Jalore? What the hell month is that? July 14th, race 10 is a 1 and 1 16th mile inner turf route for 12 males, 3 and up, plus 2 also eligibles, plus 2 MTOs. All in for 35 claiming tags, and these are horses that have either never won three races 
or are three years old, but that only affects one MTO. So these are non-winners of three lifetime in for 35K tags. Where'd you go on top in the nightcap? Oh, give me the two horse. Penner Ash on top here. Uh, and guess what? Main reason this horse got Rosario last time. If you go back and you watch the race, Penner Ash was lone speed in a mile and an eighth race, yet sat in eighth of nine through the majority of the race. Uh, just draw a line through that entire race. Like they crawled up front. He had no chance to make up ground was wide on the first turn, wide on the second turn. Uh, it just an atrocious, atrocious ride on a speed horse. Uh, you go back to the race two back. Mike Maker trained. Horse run, ran very well at the 50K level. Gets claimed out of there. Now we're dropping down to the 35K level. So theoretically against a little bit easier of horses here. Uh, multiple good races over the turf. Handled the soft turf well at Keeneland uh, to close out that three-year-old season there. This is a horse that has some upside for what you see in the past performances still and has two races you can point back and say, that's good enough to win this race. Um, so I, I think the Penarash here is going to go off at a significantly higher price than Penarash should because of the last <laughs> race, which again, whole Rosario job, like full Rosario right there. <laughs> yeah, you're going to uh, horses last three uh, races uh, all as a four year old, five to two, two to one. Four to one last stop. We got Rosario now eight to one. So you're definitely getting some value on the horse. Uh, didn't you? Didn't make my ticket, but this race I felt like you can make cases for and against just about all of them. Top pick for me, number three, Hilliard at seven to two. And speaking of Mike Maker, Maker claimed this horse in 2021 for 40k. And you look at the six starts that were not at stakes level. He had a win, two seconds, and a third. Gets passed around to carry Brian doesn't really do much, including trying the hurdles. Eh, okay, whatever. We'll switch back here to the turf uh, for 2023. Or I switch back to Maker for 2023. Ran two times at Turfway Park on the synthetic. Was on the turf last time out. Missed by a net going this long at Belmont last time out. Irad keeps the mount. Uh, I thought that was a really good effort, especially because the horse had to kind of steady back earlier. Uh, didn't wasn't as close early as he tends to like to be. Uh, you can point to that Turfway Park synthetic three back to see where he, you know, his better running style. So uh, I went with the three on top. Also, the horse was owned and bred by a gentleman named Brian Hilliard. So we put his name on the horse. Didn't love him enough not to let him get risked for a claiming tag, but he did love him enough to put his name on it. I'll play him here. Yeah, lost to Dancing with the Stars, too. A little ways back there. You know the horse <laughs> has to be good. Uh, that last race nice. sneaky good. You, you mentioned it had a little issues in the, around the first turn. Definitely did. Uh, they went 49-3 to the half mile. Closed in 143. So sub-12s uh, the rest of the way from the half mile home. And the horse was still able uh, to make up some significant ground, almost five lengths from that point. So uh, very good race off the layoff there. Uh, Temple City on the top, Smart Strike on the bottom. These are very good turf horses generally. Make your nose what to do with this one. I read rides it back. You'd expect you're going to see some improvement here from the three Hilliard. I use that one as well as my second pick in the race. I'm going bombs away after that, though. I, I thought you could make a case for a couple of the prices. The first one's going to be the seven invisible war here. 15 to one on the morning line. Joe Sharp off the claim, 13% uh, off the claim. But I, I looked around for a while and was like, who could take this field gate to wire? Who could be that horse that decides they want to go forward? Uh, I landed on the seven. I, I think that uh, Invisible War has a shot of taking this field gate to wire. You've seen turf efforts that have gone poorly, but the horse has been forwardly placed in the past. Uh, I think it's interesting that Sharp moved this one over the turf. You do have a good effort over the Gulfstream Synthetic. And look at that workout. July 9th, Saratoga, 35-1. and one. That nice little three-furlong bullet right before the race goes. You get Saez aboard. He's generally a send jockey for Sharp. I think the seven's got a shot at taking this field gate to wire at a big price. See, I actually thought the one would probably be sent. Uh, the seven could probably go as well, but 
I was looking at this trying to figure out, does Joe Sharp just assume it's going to be off turf for the finale? Because this horse fits pretty well in two of the races that we talked about, especially the 16K Claimer. I think he'd be a really great fit there on the dirt. But no, we're going to be on the turf, and there's only two efforts on turf, and both of them pretty piss poor. I, I mean, stranger things have happened to Saratoga. I couldn't make a case for this horse like you just did, but uh, you liked the seven. You also, I'll stay with you for your other bomb here, the number eight, Our Country. Pratt riding for Mark Henning. Tell me about this one. Yeah, real quick, though. The synthetic races are all good. The turf races are bad. The synthetics were all good. And so I, there is some breeding in there that this thing can handle it. It's just a question of whether or not the turf. And the other thing about that turf race that was awful. Yes, it was awful. Totally happy to, to say it was awful. Uh, just dead quit in that race after going 48 to the half, but didn't have the lead. So I'm hoping that it was a dead quit awful, not a hate the turf awful, right? We're making that that push there. We'll see what happens. Other horse I like here, the eight horse, our country, 10 to one on the morning line. Uh, Pratt's going to be coming from the clouds in this one, but you're dropping down in class here from the uh, 32 optional down to 50 K allowance. Now we're going all the way down to $35,000 claimers. There's multiple races in this horse's past that fit here that win. And the horse has a win over this turf course ran at Saratoga last year, July 22nd, the first weekend, and just got into a world of trouble. I mean, that way that was like, that was, you basically could not be more than two wide at any point on either of these turf courses to win early in the meet was three to four wide on the first turn six wide on the second turn tried to make a move and just got passed by half the field when it happened this is one where now you're getting uh, hopefully a little bit better of a trip is going to drop to the back and make one big run hopefully there's enough pace early i do think there's a couple horses that, that mix it up i think that the seven like i said probably gets the lead but the one might go a little bit the nine might go a little bit and I just don't think this horse should be 10 to 1. I mean, when I went down to it, it was between a couple different horses for the last one on the ticket. Like, the, I would like the 11 a little, like the 12 a little. Uh, you're getting double the price on the 8-hour country here. I, I think that, that that's where the value is. So I ended up going 2, 3, 7, 8 here in the last. Uh, next, I had two other horses that I used. I don't have much to say on that. It's a, there's a lot of horses here. You, again, you could make cases for and against here. Uh, the last two for me, number 12, My Romeo Lima at 4-1. to one. Really don't love the post here for uh, even going two turns. But the horse takes a pretty suitable class drop after running protected in all three starts since he was claimed for 50K. Recent turf efforts don't look that good, but he did break his maiden going to mile the 16th on the Alice Park turf last August. And you got first-time Jose Ortiz angle. Trainer Jose Cameo won three of 14 starters at Saratoga last year, 10 of 14 in the money. So I thought at 4-1 to one, it's, uh, in the post, they're not great, but I do like the connections angle and what Cameo did at Saratoga last year. And then I also went for a, a bit of a bomb price here. Number four, Ario. At 12-1, to one, the horse was uh, right behind Hilliard last time out at Belmont Park. Set the pace, ended up finishing third, just a half length behind Hilliard. But in that race, Manny Franco had to use him pretty hard early because of that track configuration. He was all the way in the far outside 10 post when he broke. And they're starting kind of on the turn. So he had to go fast to get around all the horses and cover more ground to get over to the rail and, and set the pace. And you look at his pass and you're like, all right, he looks like a need the lead type. But he did break his maiden routing from off the pace. It was on dirt at Laurel, but he has shown he can come from off the pace if he doesn't get the lead. I definitely don't think he gets the lead here. I think he's going to have to stalk. But third off the layoff, third start of the year, should see a peak performance. And again, he was half a length behind our top, uh, my top pick in the number three Hilliard last time out. And when I think you could make excuses for why he ended up being a half length behind, if he doesn't have to make that huge wide sweeping move at, at full speed out of the gate, I think this horse ends up being really close and it's a three-way photo finish. 
Yeah, the four I looked at for a while. Um, yeah, I had to use a little bit, but went 25, 49, and three to the half and ran as good as possible home from there and couldn't get the job done. That, to me, was the problem. Yeah. It, that, like, if you look at that race, you would much rather be REO through the mass majority of that race than Hilliard. And Hilliard still was able to win the race because of the, the being a better horse, really. Uh, the, even though the setup, I felt, was on REO's side. And that's why I ended up leaving the four off the ticket. Wouldn't be shocked if the four horse was one that came back to bite me here, though. Because I, I do think, especially with how close the three and the four were last time and the price of the three and the four this time, I would not try and talk anyone off the four. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I go through Saratoga's Friday Late Pick 5. That's Friday, July 14th, the headlining race, the Coronation Cup. You can get Aaron's full preview for that at RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. We'll put our tickets down below for the audio listeners. We'll give them out one last time. I'm going to go 7-8 with 3-5-7-9 with 3-4-9 with 4-8 with 3-4-12 for $72, Mr. Samich. Play a 50 cent ticket. I'm going to go 157 with three, with all, with four, with 2378. That'll cost you $54 for 50 cents. Why? Because I need more allowance. <laughs> Chris Milo got it. Yeah, beats references from Doug. I love it. Yeah, good job. No, Killer Tofu. That's it. That, the Killer Tofu, I think, was always my favorite. Killer Tofu. And yes, that was the aria. That's what I was trying to do there. Thank you for doing that. Pedlo says, good to see your face, Mike. I agree. Not that, uh, no, no shot against the two Nick Seavers and Feldman. They did a great job filling in, but it's good to have you back here. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Glad to have all of you joining us for this one. If you haven't yet, subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes. We'll be covering Saratoga in depth all meet long. Uh, Vinny Blonde is going to on board with us. He's going to be doing best bet videos for us. He's a very sharp handicapper. He's based up there near Saratoga. Mike's going to be up there this summer off and on. Aaron's going to be up there a few times. If you're up to Saratoga, let us know. One of us, a good chance one of us is going to be around there. You can hang out with us, play the ponies, and it'd be great to see you. Uh, coming up later today, and actually at one hour and one minute, Dudes Who Bet Daily. Not uh, Dudes After Dark. Oh. Sorry, Shoddy got me all excited. Dudes After Dark. Why did I just do that? Dudes After Dark, uh, 245 Pacific. Nick Seavers, Nick Feldman, and Dr. Tang all covering uh, Canterbury's Late Pick 5 live tonight. So you can join them for that. Uh, it'd be a great show. Before we get out, very important question from John K. What's your favorite Dave Matthews Band song? No wrong answers, but what is it? It actually changes regularly. Okay. Like I don't, I don't listen to Dave Matt. Like two bands I used to love, that I don't listen to enough anymore. Counting Crows and Dave Matthews. And every time I get back into them for some reason, I pick a different favorite song. So like number forty one was my favorite song for a long time. I used to really like Crush, not Crash. Uh, used to really like Ants Marching, uh, which obviously everyone likes Ants Marching. So it's kind of changed. It's a little all over the place right now. I'd probably go with number forty one though. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting when you get some of the like bands you liked in high school, and then you start listening to them again, and you gravitate toward different songs or different albums because of your take because your tastes have changed and life's different. But it's one of those that's like just a very good live show. If you've never seen Dave live, I know all the stereotypes around it. It's just fun. Go there, have a good time, hang out for a couple hours, enjoy the music. It's it's a fun show to see. So looking forward to it a Friday night. Hopefully. It does not rain because we are supposed to get a 60% chance of rain on Friday. That's the card we just covered. We'll see when it comes, if it comes. It's supposed to rain uh, today. I believe it's a 40% chance of rain up there. No rain on Thursday, no rain Saturday or Sunday. So hopefully all the, the weather stays uh, stays away and we get a nice clear day for Friday's late card and for the Dave Matthews concert. Uh, my favorite, is, it's that Crush. Not Crash. I love that you said that, Crush, because I have to do that too. Crush, specifically 
the live version when he was at Central Park in like 2002 or three, where it, it, it crush it normally as a single is like four minutes long. This yeah. one's like 12 minutes because it's just a giant, it turns into a whole jam band session. It goes mm -hmm. through like, it's slow it down and they build up the pace. There's a lot of like, ah, oh, it just gives me all the feels. I love that one. So uh, that one, Ants Marching is great. So much to say. That's a great one as well. I, I would love to see Dave live. Yeah. There, it's, it's just one of those, like, I didn't, I didn't even realize how excited I was going to be. My the SPAC concert schedule came out. My dad emailed me and my cousins on, like, I don't know, I think it was April when they released the SPAC concert schedule. Um, and so we're going to, there's six of us, I think, that are going to the concert on Friday night. And it's, like, just the Samish cousins that are all going because we saw them in high school and we haven't seen them in 20 years or whatever <laughs> it is. So looking forward to it and uh, just seeing what happens. Yeah, but the, the Crush, the album version, I think it's eight minutes. The one that got popular on, like, radio was like 3 to 30 you need to go okay. the album version or a live version yeah yeah the the jams i played saxophone all through high uh middle school and high school so any song where dave has like, is featured as a uh, late great saxophone player was great for me uh shoddy apparently shoddy thinks it's 2001 she's going to go see nickelback this weekend yeah. we're talking about dave matthews and counting crows and shoddy's going to go see nickelback oh boy oh boy <laughs> Oh boy! Does it, I mean, hey, listen, I guess slim pickings, right? When you're down in uh, in, in BFE, Arkansas, you get what you get. If the Canadian rock group Nickelback decides to show up down there, that's probably the best it's going to get for them. Yeah, I, got, I do have to say it was heartbreaking for my daughter. The Kids Bop, unfortunately, was last weekend, so the Kids Bop kids are not in concert. We're going to be up in oh. so we're probably going to end up having to go see them uh, back in San Diego or down in Cal, down in uh, I think it's Irvine in September or something like that. Uh, we have seats, not lawn. My dad bought us four seats, so we're on the, in the seats. I think that means we might be covered. Get a little uh, shady from the rain, but yeah, I think we got seats. <laughs> uh, Doctor Tang, we're saxophone brothers, I guess. Is that over? yeah? No, that's fine. Uh, over racing dudes. <laughs> They're not gonna go there. Racingdudes.com. Uh, like I said, you look at the page here. It's Saratoga, 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 Saratoga. You think we're excited for Saratoga? Uh, also. Great video to go check out. Why Churchill Downs was wrong for extending Bob Baffert's Kentucky Derby suspension. Aaron Haltman kind of breaks down in, in full detail uh, what has happened, which if you're watching or listening to this, you probably know what happened and how we got to this point. But uh, as much as we are not pro Bob Baffert uh, for the racing dudes as a whole, Aaron very objectively laid out all the points and explains why what they did was wrong. And it's a great listen. So go check that out. The comment section on that is blowing up uh, worse than Jonah Hill's phone from his PR agency this morning. So you can go check that out. Uh, make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellogg. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Again, let us know if you're going to be up at Saratoga at any point this summer. Love to see and hang out if we're going to be there. Uh, we will be back. Are you going to be available to do Monday's show? I, got, I have no idea what your travel is like. Uh, yes. Yes on Monday. Okay. Yes on Thursday. Uh, perfect. All right. We'll be back here on Monday for another uh, Magic Mike show. Also, tune in. Uh, the All-Star Game for the Major League Baseball is great. It's fun to watch, but it also means that a couple days before and a couple days after, it's just nothing to talk about sports-wise. So, Dude to Bet Daily will be back tomorrow at uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and all through the weekend with our best bets from the sports and horse racing worlds. We hope to see you there. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck at Saratoga. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.